This is Shannon Evans, and I'm the host of the Tom Bigby Tales, a podcast. I write about Columbus, Mississippi, a small town. In today's episode, titled Funny Business with the Budget, we'll explore all of the missing elements that should be listed in the budget for the CVB. We haven't even started with the foundation, but the two are closely linked. Let's get started. I decided to have a fresh look at the CVB spending over the last year and pay specific attention to some items that raise red flags for myself and for others who've looked at this same budget. For example, the checks that go to the Columbus Cultural Foundation appear to be sent several times a month. It's unclear to me if this is what was budgeted to the foundation or if this is normal operating procedures for the CVB and the foundation for overages. The foundation has a budget approved each year by their board and then the CVB's board. It would seem that the yearly amount would be sent in a single check to be deposited in the foundation's accounts, and then the foundation would cover their expenses from there. Based on the CVB's ledger sheet, it would appear that several checks a month are cut to the foundation by the CVB of varying amounts. These checks are all coded as support to CCHF or the foundation, but no other details are included. For example, in October of 2022, three checks were written by the CVB to the foundation, one for $4,100, a second for $4,500, and then a third in that same month was cut for $1,000. While in November, only two checks were written, one for $15,000 and the other for $4,000. Why does this matter? Well, for several reasons. This behavior is very concerning. What are they supporting at the foundation? Why is the foundation not allowed to manage their own funds year-round and possibly benefit from any interest earned on the monies waiting to be spent? What's the oversight at the CVB that this is meeting the agreed-upon and approved allocated budget? Then there are, of course, the additional expenses this creates for the CVB and man-hours for their treasurer to be available to provide signatures on the checks because all checks require two signatures. There's also the added expense of the bookkeeper and the accountant having to step in more than once a month to update the accounts. It seems like a flawed, inefficient, and expensive business model. But that is nothing compared to all the various printing costs the CVB incurs all over the place. It seems they don't use a single printer or even a local printer all the time to reduce shipping costs, or at least to support the, the city or even the state of Mississippi. No, the CVB's printers are far flung and often orders appear to be at a premium or rush order price. Yikes. Some of the coding and memo lines are revealing as well, but you have to remember most of these items have no coding or memo line. For example, CMP printing, a local printer, was paid $180 for office supplies. While CMP is a local business, and thank goodness because usually CVB money goes to Jackson or even California. But what is interesting to note is that there's no invoice or purchase order number in the memo line. 
it indicates in the split column that the check was written for office supplies. Huh. What office supplies do you buy from CMP Printing? Was it actually like business cards or letterhead? Who knows at this point? Because there's absolutely no indication in the memo line. Two checks totaling $12,000 went to Compass Media, LLC. The split column indicates that they are for marketing. However, again, there's no memo indicating an invoice number or purchase order. Compass Media does digital ads and printing. They have seven offices on the East Coast. The closest one is Atlanta, Georgia. And their specialties are home decor, legal services, manufacturing, and, quote, of course, tourism. This last is thrown in their promo materials like an afterthought. In April of 2022, a check was written to Nautilus Publishing Company for $822 as coded supplies. Nautilus is a specialty book publisher in Oxford. There is an invoice number listed. However, it would be curious to find out what was ordered and if indeed it was a supply-related item, as it would appear that Nautilus only pr produces books. In August of 2023, a $685 order was made to one-of-a-kind screen printing. The memo line indicates it was for business lettering. Business lettering for what? What project or event? It is listed in the split column as specialty. Again, another expenditure of money is not really accounted for and just slapped in the check ledger willy-nilly. The CVB has multiple checks for printing to ProGraphics, a Columbus printer. But again, no invoice numbers, no indication of projects, etc. What is more interesting is how many of the checks are, are coded supplies or office supplies. ProGraphics is not the kind of place one gets plain office supplies from. The markup would be significant. So is this a case of mislabeling or is this a case of poor planning and they ran down the road for pens and envelopes? No or incomplete memo entry means we will never know what $2,000 of our tax money was actually spent on. In February of 2023, almost $2,000 went to Signature Sound and Printing Media for something coded production on invoice number 3535. Then in March, the exact same amount was sent again to this same company, Signature Sound, for invoice 3534, so the previous invoice number for production. On April 4th, $175 was sent to Signature Sound for marketing. And then on April 13th, just nine days later, $4,877.84 was paid to Signature Sound, allegedly, for invoice 3555, but no indication what it was for. Printing? Marketing? Productions? Who knows? On April 19th, less than a week later, another check was written to, to Signature Sound for $776.73 with no memo and no coding of what it was for. Another check was written in August of 2023 for $775 with an invoice number and noted, and it was noted it was for printing. In June of 2023, $888.11 was spent at Sullivan's Office Supplies in Starkville. There is an invoice listed, but it is called uh, coded 
as capital. What in the world did Carpenter buy? Then there are the purchases for the building and internet networking expenses that are highly questionable or at least concerning for two reasons. One, the building is a condo and the CVB pays condo fees, which means an HOA. Nancy is the HOA's director and only potentially paid employee. For example, Benton's Maintenance and Mechanical is a heat and cooling and electrical and plumbing company. The invoice listed are all under building and all add up to over $3,500 in a year's time. This is a relatively new building. What could need repairs of that magnitude in this building? Or was this work done at the Elks building? Huh. You know, we'll never know because there again, there's no invoice attached and no notes. Building tech tech services appear to be home builders in Starkville. And for some reason, we're paid $264 in March of 2023. Then in May of 2023, a check was cut to Burke's Mordecai Builders for $5,652, allegedly for building maintenance. What building? Again, the condo? If the condo, why? Isn't that part of the HOA's coverage that the CVB pays their 6 k a year for? Or was it for the Elks building? Again, because no invoice is attached and no notes are present, we have no idea what it was for or why. Then there are the excessive bills from Exceed Technologies. Tech support. Tech support costs upward of $300 per month at the CVB. What tech issues does the CVB have that require that much support monthly? And again, we will never know as no invoice number is attached to most of the checks. It is easy to be suspicious of so many checks written to duplicated service providers or unnecessary services without invoices and reasonable explanations of services rendered. This is why I keep shining the light on these inconsistencies and point out Carpenter's lack of transparency. This is a multi-million dollar budget at the CVB, supported by our hard-earned tax dollars. We need answers. The CVB and the foundation need a true forensic and thorough audit. Email the board and demand accurate and honest accounting practices and the immediate removal of the incompetent Nancy Luke Carpenter. Thank you for joining me on Tom Bigby Tales today. Again, my name is Shannon Evans, and I am your host. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. I hope to see you on the next episode.